Now, Owen McGee, our consumer expert and financial advisor with Prosperous Financial, is back in studio with me. As promised, he's here to answer all of your questions. Lots of them coming in. Owen, we'll get started. Go for it. One in here. I'm a 30-year-old man and I have yet to set up my pension. I'm a 37-year-old woman, 38-year-old woman who has no pension. Anyway, I've tried to do it a number of times, but I found it all very overwhelming. And as a result, it's been left on the long finger. I've been told I've left it too late to retire in a sufficient pension. Is it possible to catch up at this stage? If so, how much should I contribute? Any help will be greatly appreciated. Thanks, a stressed out millennial. It's never too late. 30 years of age is definitely not too late. Who told you that? No, um, you uh, you can start a pension at any stage. In fact, there's benefits to starting the pension the day before you retire. Um, if you get good advice, you can actually do it and make makes huge amount of tax sense. But this person's 30 years of age. I wonder why it was overwhelming. That, that kind of confuses me. It's obviously the advice of the person that they mm. spoke to was making it very confusing. Pensions are really simple. But like they are for you, Owen. They're not for everyone else. No, they're just made overly complicated mm. to create jobs for the boys, to be honest with you. Like, it's really, if you've a choice. You're putting money away. You can do it and save every month and do it the hard way by doing it from your after-tax income or you can put the money into pension and do it from your before-tax income. It's okay. as simple as that. And what I would say is, is choosing not to pay into a pension means you're making a choice to pay more tax this year. Forget about what it's going to do for you in retirement. Do you want to pay more tax and this year? And nobody wants to pay more tax. Exactly. So this is a way of reducing your tax bill. We all give out about what tax is and how much tax we have to pay in this country, etc, etc. So just pay into a pension and you reduce your tax bill. And this stressed out millennial also asked how much should they contribute? So, I mean, that obviously depends on how much they're earning, yeah, I guess. It's a, it's a percentage of salary, really, is what it is. If you think about it, um, in general, the more you can pay in, the better. But there are restrictions in terms of how much you can put in. So in your 20s, if you're if you're in your 20s, you're allowed to put in 15% of your salary. In your 30s, it goes up to 20%, then it goes to 25, and it goes all the way up to 40% in your 60s. So it you if you can hit the max, go for the max. But put in anything at all to start it off and then turn up the volume on it. Same with savings. You start off at a level you're really, really comfortable on and then you turn up the volume on it on a regular basis. Because otherwise what happens is what happened the first texter, which is you keep putting on the long finger and you just never start yeah. it. Okay. Uh, can you recommend a high risk, high interest for small money investment? Yeah, like most investments, whatever way you want to do it, it most of them you'll get into them for like 500 euros. The level of risk you want to take this is something that you have to be really careful with. Really, really high risk would be buying one share. So you'd buy a company's share and that's it. When we create portfolios for clients, we end up with about 13,500 shares in that portfolio. Okay. So we're really well spread out. But buying one share, in my opinion, or buying less than five shares or owning shares in less than... Is, it's betting. It's not investing at all. Okay. It's betting. That's what it is. And you, you, <laughs> go down the bookies. Yeah, go down the bookies <laughs> or go over to the Greyhounds there, whatever it is you want to do. But it's the same thing. So high risk, sometimes if you're investing in a basket of shares investing in things like emerging markets and that type of thing can turn up the volume but 100% shares is as risky as we like to get and 100% shares worst case scenario you could be ending up in 21 years time still down on your money that's the worst period of time 21, 22 with the worst period of time we've had in history Okay um, I have 30k free cash as in no outstanding loans or mortgage I'm 55 what would you recommend I don't have a pension Yes. Well, do you know what? You could start converting that. And that here's a perfect example of it, right? You could start, if if that person's paying 40% tax, they could convert that money into pension. And even if they can't do it this year, they could do it over the next couple of years. And the 30 grand would go into pension, it would grow tax-free, and mm. they'd get 12 grand back in tax. 
Okay. That's how much that's tax what, back. That's what so you that's, need to do. Yeah, that's what you need to start converting it over to pension. And there may be a way, depending on their salary and how long they're in that job, that they would get all of that pension back out tax free. Okay. I have a debt from a credit card uh, that I'm paying back monthly to a debt collection company. It was an MBNA card. Should I settle the debt at a lesser amount or will that negatively affect getting a mortgage? It's a few thousand. Okay. Well, the fact that it's gone to a debt collection agency, what you should do first of all is check your ICB, your Irish Credit Bureau and the Central Credit Bureau. Is that easy to do that? Really easy. Just online? Yeah, you do it online and it comes out, they say it'll come out in about 10 days. It usually comes out in a couple of days. But you need to do the two of them. So the ICB, the irishcreditbureau.ie so it's icb.ie and the centralcreditregister.ie and when you you just go in and you put your name and all the addresses you've ever lived at your age all your dates of birth all that stuff and it sends you out a report it used to to charge you six euro it's free now Um, and they send you out and what you will know then is exactly what the banks know about you so from a financial perspective you'll be able to see and it's, it's fairly clear cut in terms of how it looks and what it looks like and if your credit is already damaged, you have zero to lose by going to try to get an agreement with them. Um, but if her, if if her, his or she's credit isn't already damaged, then is it worth for her to continue? I, I would still suggest to you that if you can get a deal, really, yeah, because the credit, any any. Like, you have to weigh these things up and it depends on much is on the credit card it depends on much damage is how much of a reduction you're going mm. to get and also wonder are they actually going to bother because think about it the debt collection agency probably paid less for that loan than you're going to have to pay them back over the period of time so it'll be interesting to see would they actually negate reduce any of the debt mm. But I think you need to get a little advice and see how much of a reduction you're getting and weighing it up then. But the first thing to do is check the credit register and see if you're damaged already. If you're damaged, that hangs around until after the loan is finished. So if you make a mistake, it's five years after the loan comes is, is completed that it hangs and around. And it's still on, on your record. Yes, yeah. And then after that, I guess, cut up that credit card would be my advice. Yeah, cut it up and cancel it, actually. Some people cut up the credit card. And, and don't get, cancel don't it. Cancel and they're still charged. So that's 40 every year. euro every yeah, year. 40 euro it? every yeah. year. Okay, um, actually, uh, yes, I need to do that. Hi, we have a house we rent out at 350 euro below monthly market rate. The tenant is moving on after five years. Can I bring the rate up to the market rate? own that came in from Eamon. So it's obviously in a, one in of a the rent, zones, yeah. in the rent control zones. There, there are very strict mm. regulations around how you can do it, when you can do it. You can do a thing called repricing. You might have to, if you've done a bit of work on the house, there might be a reason why you could increase it. Um, I think you need to get advice and I'm not the best person to give so the advice on that one. So from property landlord yeah, people yeah, need to advise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hi Owen, I have a question about income protection. I just brought my first home. I have mortgage protection for death, disability and long-term illness but not unemployment. I'm interested in income protection as I am single and it will be disastrous if I lost my job. Can you advise me please? Yeah, so the difference, some people will take out what's called specified illness cover. That means the big claims that are paid on that are cancer, heart attack and stroke. And in fact, 75% of all claims are for cancer, heart attack and stroke. Um, it's a lump sum. So you get diagnosed with one of these illnesses, one of their specified illnesses, and they pay you out 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever the figure is that you've insured yourself for. With income protection, it's different. It's You're protecting the fact that you can't work. Okay, mm. So when you're out of work, sometimes it might be 13 weeks or 26 weeks, it kicks in with 75% of your wage, less the social welfare benefit. Okay, okay? So it means it pays you an income until either you return to work or you retire, whichever happens first. So it can be a huge payment if it's 75% of your wage and you're in your 30s, you could potentially be getting it for 35 years. 
some people say oh, I have specified illness I don't need income protection or vice versa think about it income protection I think it's just 26% of the claims on income protection are for mental health issues you would not get a payout under specified illness cover for a mental health okay. issue. Okay. So it's things that stop you being able to work. And there is a balance between the two. The nice thing about income protection is, is you get tax relief on the contributions. So you don't, you, you, the, the tax man helps you out in the contributions too. Okay, loads more coming in, but we're only going to have time for two quick ones before we're out. The rest we'll do on Facebook Live. Um, I have €10,000 savings. How can I invest it to make it grow? You invest and you forget. So you set it up properly at the start. You leave it in. You invest. You're going to have to turn up the risk volume a little bit and um, buy into a basket of shares. So this is your at spread. least five years. Yes, you're your forget five about year it. rule. So okay. if it's, you need to leave it there for at least five years. I said a minute ago, 100% shares. You'd be 21, 22 years was the worst case. You do a 60-40 portfolio, which is the one we always talk about on this show. Um, 60% in shares and 40% in bonds. Well spread out bonds. There has never been a seven year or more period of time where you would have lost money on a 60-40 portfolio. Finally, how does someone improve their credit rating? This is a weird one because credit score is something that started coming in now with the central credit register in particular. In the US, they'll do things like borrow money to get a credit rating and to, to improve their credit score and all of these things. I actually think we're getting a bit more sophisticated than that now and that the banks can see whether you're paying max loans or you're saving money, they can see it and it's evidenced and it's very proof. Um, How do you improve your rating? I'm going to be honest with you, just be good with money. Don't overspend. Okay, the rest of the questions Owen will deal with um, on Facebook Live coming up in the next few minutes.